We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. Blue Wire. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks off-season podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. As I basically already said, oh, I'm Ty Windish. I'm here with the astronomically good at this Rohan Kadi to break down the Milwaukee Bucks 103-94 loss to the Miami Heat, which, of course, considering the Bucks were down 3-1 heading into this game, marks the end of their season. The Bucks go down in the second round in five games, marking their worst playoff exit. Well, since they've been very good, uh, it's only two options, so I guess it's not saying a ton, but that's where we're at. Rohan, where are you at? This probably isn't the greatest place to start uh, a pod, but they've reached as far as Joel Embiid has reached in his career. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? Fair. Um, well, I guess he got to Game 7, at least. Um, well, but, the Bucks have also been to the Conference Finals. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But i just done this run. But yeah, Second I, I see what you're saying. I, I like that I like that slander is, is getting you through I'm trying to make times. myself feel better, Ty. You asked I know. what I'm doing. I'm not feeling that great. 
Okay. <laughs> I just cracked open a beer. So I don't normally do this. I don't normally do this for podcasts, but I'm going with the Zach Lowe one, exactly one beer uh, after after the game. Well, there's another game on, but I'm not, I'm not watching it. I'm not covering it. Um, just because I wouldn't say I needed it. That sounds a little, a little more rough than the situation, but it felt, it felt like I deserved it. Um, after going through this series in particular, the Bucks, after starting off great, a 28 to 19 lead to end the first quarter, get outscored by three straight quarters, which, Hey, they, they outscored Miami in three straight quarters in two different games. Six straight quarters. In general. Yeah, that was great when that happened, but they don't do that in this game. Uh, they lose by nine. Basically, I mean, it just felt like Miami as a team overwhelmed the Bucks. The shorthanded Bucks should have mentioned this already, but Giannis Tedekumpo missed tonight's game with that severely looking sprained ankle. I think we were both of the mindset that based on the reports that came out after game four, there was just no way he should have tried to play. There can be very serious repercussions to a severely sprained ankle if you keep trying to play on it. And no one wants that for Giannis. So hopefully now he can fully recover and be ready for next season. Hopefully he spends next season in Milwaukee. Um, but yeah, so no Giannis. The Bucks to me, just did not seem like they had enough firepower despite the hot start. It just, yeah, exactly. It seemed like they couldn't really get over the hump, even though, like you said, they did have that hot start. But it felt like more lucky shooting. Maybe not lucky, but high percentage shooting. Uh, for Milwaukee and very low percentage shooting for Miami, which we can get into why that really happened. Um, but it seemed like ever ever since the second quarter when Miami really got back into this game, it was just an uphill battle that they couldn't fully climb. They were just they were always almost at the mountaintop, but just couldn't quite get there. And eventually, they just slid down the hill. Yeah, yeah, that is a good somber way to put it, and I think. You know, it seems like a foregone conclusion that a team without its best player, who is as good of a player as Giannis, even if outside of, you know, his very short run in Game 4, did not look all that good in this series. It seems obvious that they wouldn't have enough firepower. The Bucks got truly poor contributions from a lot of players today, and this game is a perfect example of why to never, ever trust single game plus minus. Do you know who had the best plus-minus out of all Bucks, except for Kyle Korver, who only played in the early part of the game? I do, unfortunately. <laughs> Eric Bledsoe, yeah. who I think, I will say, I will say, good defensive game for Bledsoe. Mostly, I thought he was he was tenacious on that end. He does have nine assists to just one turnover. Just truly abysmal, otherwise showing Two on offense. Two of 12. Four attempted threes, which we've talked about this. That's too many threes for Eric Bledsoe. I think Actually, that's too many threes. to be fair, <laughs> I'm pretty sure last pod I said one for four is, like, good enough. You did say that. I did not say that. <laughs> you I really had to spite me, Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> <laughs> you said, oh, that's good enough? Bet. Uh, also four for six from the stripe. Two rebounds, two steals, two blocks, two fouls. I think the, the thing with Bledsoe is... He was trash. That's the thing. Yeah, he was. So, like, if Eric Bledsoe is your fifth starter, maybe you can live a performance like this. Like, again, outside of the ter- like, unable to make any shots. The rest of the game, solid. Solid. You know, good assist turnover, good... Aside from defense. the biggest point in basketball. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. You can find the silver linings, but at the end of the day, 
he just wasn't good enough. I think that's true for all of the Bucks players, considering the stations that they are in, except for like Marv played well, barely played. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo can play again. He was at, he he's probably the best Buck. Uh, Wes Matthews played really well, I think, in this game. The minutes numbers for those three guys. Who, and I, I just want to, I feel good about this. I've been really high on these three guys all season. Low on Dante in the bubble, but he did. He earned it back for me. Uh, and in my rotation I shared on Twitter today, I had Dante with about as many minutes as Eric Bledsoe. Because I'm, I'm a Dante believer. He, he won me back over. And he was really, really good in this game. Um, but Marvin Williams plays 20 minutes, 31 seconds. Dante plays just under 28 minutes. Wes Matthews, 28 minutes, 41 seconds. No foul trouble. One personal foul in this game. He was good on offense. He missed all three of his threes, but really made some shots fall within the arc. Made five of his six free throws. Grabbed a rebound, dished an assist, two steals, two blocks, no turnovers. Just my, why? Like this my is, goodness. And, 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 his defense was phenomenal. Oh, my goodness. Like, and he's a minus eight in the game. Again, I think this is a noisy plus minus game. I think he and Dante were the best two bucks by a pretty wide margin. Um, it, it's just one of those where he just was contributing so positively on both ends. And I'm honestly, I'm never glad the Bucks lose. I'm not glad this is over, even if the, that after two games in the Miami series, and really game three is when I thought it was over, over. But even after two games, I think I said I thought they were done. I kind of just was like, I've seen this suffering enough, and I kind of wanted to end just because I, I just didn't believe in them. And they, they, they mostly, Bud, reaffirmed that, that belief of, or that lack of belief of mine. But I'm glad that we're going out the way we got into this. Because it almost seemed like after game four, it seemed like the coaching was coming around a little bit, all the crisp minutes. And I think there were some other bad things that we overlooked just because it was like so fun and refreshing to win a game. But now, again, after this loss, the latest in a very incredibly disappointing playoff run, we have very clear, obvious things to point towards and say, this is a huge problem and completely inexplicable and a reason that the Bucks need a new head coach. Less than 29 minutes for Wesley Matthews in this game is just outrageous. I mean, Pat Connaughton gets up to 14. I, I thought he was terrible in this game. I, just, I don't think he was adding anything. Kyle Korver gets six. Pat Connaughton saying he was terrible was an understatement. That's the entire re- He's the entire reason that Miami got back in this game. Oh, yeah. No, the, the, those two played together, Corver and Connaughton. Corver hit a three. He also coughed up, I think, one of the ugliest turnovers ever, if I'm remembering right. Yep. Um, and just like, again, a, a, just a guy that the Heat don't take seriously on, on defense at all. Connaughton, though, probably the worst defensive game I've, I've ever seen from him. And it wasn't just like I, I've grown numb to the jumping behind guys. We saw that, too. Like, Jay Crowder blew past him. Like, set, Connaughton set on defense. Jay Crowder blew past him and got to the rim like it was nothing. And then someone else did too. And I'm just like, Kendrick Nunn, who has been awful for most of this series. Like these are not like your Goran Dragic's or your Jimmy Butler's who, you know, are very good with the ball in their hands and Jay Crowder phenomenal series for him, but he hasn't been getting to the rim all the time. I mean, this game's in the series where all of his shots have been threes to have him just blow by Pat Connaughton, who I don't even think he pump fake. Like he just dribbled past him. It was inexplicable, and then Pat just kept getting minutes, and you're exactly right. I mean, those two, particularly Pat, but I think Corver as well, getting those first half minutes is what blew the lead for the Bucks. and I think it was like the middle of the third quarter. Milwaukee holds the Heat scoreless but is also unable to score, and then the Heat go on a little run. And at that point, I was like, I think it's over. I think they blew. I think they lost their chance because I think to win this game against this fully staffed Heat squad, the Bucks pretty much needed 
to capitalize on that hot start and carry that lead throughout. Like I didn't think they'd be able to pull a comeback and they blew the lead and they never pulled the comeback. Yeah. It, like I said earlier, it just seemed like an uphill battle once they let Miami get back into the game. It was just, I just, I think they just didn't have enough. They just didn't have a, enough juice in them. They couldn't make any shots. Everything sort of felt short. It's sudden. It seemed like they were already mentally checking out of the ball game a little bit. Some of them. Some of them. I mean, I know they have that thing where it's like if you're if you have an elimination game, you have to pack your bags. <laughs> I think yeah, some I think... of them were just thinking like, yeah, let's just let's go home. I will respect. Wesley Matthews, Dante DiVincenzo, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, and Marvin Williams for a long time. So that was the list of five guys who I felt like really fought. I didn't think Chris was particularly great, um, but Miami afforded him a lot of attention on defense and for good reason. Hey, at least he, he, was, he was getting him. shots up. He was being yeah, he aggressive. he took 25 shots. He took 25 I mean, given he only made eight of them. But. Yeah, um, two for nine from deep as well. Not a good shooting night. He gets six free throws, 23 points, seven rebounds, six assists, six turnovers one steal. I mean, there's questions like Chris might not be good enough to be the second guy in a title team. There was no question coming in or at any point if he was like good enough to be the first guy. I don't I mean it's just we we all know he's not. He can't be the only like the main guy. I mean if you wondered like if Giannis does leave and they try to keep going forward, what will it look like? Probably look like this. Not not great. Chris is a complimentary star. He is not a, a focal centerpiece of an offense. And the Heat do have a lot of good defenders. It's a bad matchup for any wing player without a lot of help, but Chris was unable to, you know, overpower that defense consistently, and and that's what it was. But I think, and Bledsoe tried. I just think he was terrible. George Hill passed oh, up so many threes. Just terrible. I think in the bubble overall, like, I don't think he had as much of an impact as I'm used to defensively. He wasn't getting to the rim with regularity. I mean, George Hill was quietly just about as bad as Eric Bledsoe. I mean, probably worse. One for eight from deep, zero for three from three, so he makes less threes than Bledsoe. Um, he has three rebounds, two assists, one foul. Two points. Two points for George Hill in 28 minutes. I mean, this is who's supposed Those to be the Bucks. two points were the weird uh, Pat Connaughton lost the ball and somehow it came to George Hill and he put it up for an uncontested layup. Those were his only two points on the night. Oh, that's a great call. Yeah. So basically did not create any real offense. He found a bucket and, and inserted it into the basket and that was it. This guy's supposed to be the Bucks six man. I mean, he's supposed to be the reliable bench presence. I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's just washed. I don't think he's just cooked. I don't know. If it's just a bubble thing, he never really seemed to, to be great in the bubble. And again, there's, that's the other part of this. I mean, I think there is just some inherent weirdness going on in the bubble, but no other team supposedly this good has looked this bad except for the Bucks. So, I mean, there's a lot of circumstances going on in the bubble, outside of the bubble. We've touched on these things before. I don't feel like it's right to give the Bucks a pass for that, considering, again, they're not the only team in the bubble. They're not the only team living in this country, yada, yada, yada. But I, I think probably worth noting, right? Yeah, that's fair. But like you said, every team is really going through this. It's just, I don't know. I just, I I started this when you we were talking off air. It's just tough to stomach that the Milwaukee Bucks season is over. Yeah. It really no, is. No, it is. It's, it doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't. This was a team that we expected to really at least get to the finals, realistically. And they uh, they 
uh, won one game in the second round. It's That's just the thing too. I, yeah. I think if if the Heat were gonna win, the Heat were gonna win. I don't think they should have in in any galaxy. Winning one game though, I mean that is it's embarrassing. Yeah. That's, it's just straight really up embarrassing. Bad. This you you tout yourself as like, oh, are we, are we a title contender? We want we want to trust the results sort of mentality that this <laughs> franchise has, and then you you say that you're a title contender this entire time. All the expectation is a title for this team. You have the Bucks social media account tweeting like green bars after every um, win, like with a total of sixteen of them there, and you only get to five. Like that's just embarrassing. Yeah, not even not even one third of the way there. I had to nope. really think about that in my head. That's how bad I am at math. Math is hard. It is hard, um, and this is hard too. But I just, I mean, I know I, I've already teased this on Twitter. We've talked about this. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna go through every part of this roster from here on out. It feels like we're gonna have at least a solid amount of time before even we get to like the actual off season it, just today during the game, of course, reports came out that free agency and the draft are getting pushed back from their original dates, which I think were in November. Uh, the draft was in October. Oh, they were, they were in late October. So they're getting pushed back. So we'll, we'll see. I think maybe they think it'll be in November. We'll see. But either way, between now and whenever it is September this September 8th. <laughs> oh, I was, I was told. Oh, today is September. Yes. Yes, okay. I, I thought you were saying it was supposed to be September. I was like, wait, the draft was supposed to be today? Um, <laughs> that, that got me for a second. But uh, we'll be here, and we're going we're gonna to do a lot of coverage. But I don't, I don't know. What else from this game sticks out? I mean, I think going in, did you think – I know we talked about this last time. Did you think there was a realistic chance of – I'll just say tonight. Was there a real, realistic chance the Bucks win tonight, did you think? Yeah, I really thought there was. I really thought they were going to win this game. Especially after the first quarter. I mean, how could you not? This team seemed like they had actually figured things out. There's a lot of off-ball movement, cutting, guys finding the right spots. It just seemed like everything was sort of clicking. They were getting back to their, you know, um, systematic way of play, even though it might not be, you know, the best idea. But at least it's better than nothing what they were getting earlier against Miami. Uh, but it just seemed like they they were going to win this game. They were going to pull it out somehow. I mean, credit to Miami. They really shut the door on Milwaukee here. They clamped down on defense. Andre Iguodala actually had a positive contribution for once in the series um, and was actually, you know, like locking down on defense. Uh, it was just, they just, they had to make adjustments in the middle of the game. Wild how you can do that. Um, and just, they just, they just took it to Milwaukee. They didn't let them, they didn't let them come out for a breath of air. They just completely suffocated them ever since that first quarter. Yeah, they did. And the Bucks, after scoring 28 in that first quarter, followed up with 18 in the second and 19 in the third, which obviously is just not going to get it done. Interesting, though. I mean, really, that second quarter is what cost them the game. The Bucks lose the third quarter by two and the fourth quarter by just one, although there is garbage time in there. Wild stat, though. Second half, the Bucks dead even in Chris Middleton's 21 minutes. I mean, the guy three for 15 from the field oh. in that time. Oh, man, we Dead do have a little even. bit of breaking news. Oh, what do we got? Oh, this is kind of sad. We just saw the last NBA game from Marvin Williams. He's retiring. What? Yeah. What? Marvin Mark Spears Will- no. from the undefeated uh, 
said that uh, Bucks forward Marvin Williams told the undefeated he is retiring from the NBA after playing in fifth. After playing for 15 seasons, I've been very blessed. God has been very good to me. Oh, man. Oh, that is such a bummer. You know, he went out good. Marv Dang, went that's out good. really sad. I'm sad. That is, I wanted Marv on the team again next year. I was really wondering how they could have kept him. Oh, man. I mean, listen, I'm glad that he's got this positive outlook. I mean, Marvin Williams, if you don't remember, I mean, drafted, very, like, what, third overall, I think, or second? He was uh, a very second overall. Second, second overall. Second overall. He was and, and never really, oh, that's a crazy, crazy uh, Bucks tie there. But never really, you know, lived up to the quote unquote second overall stature. But good career, made himself into a very good veteran. In this one, puts up eleven points, eight rebounds, one assist in twenty minutes, shoots fifty percent from the field, makes one of his three triples. A consummate professional. I think a great teammate. Yep. I think a really useful mm-hmm. player. And uh Nothing man. but positive things. Nothing. I mean, that hit that hits me like a brick, man. Yeah. I, I, I thought, really I thought we had another this. one right here, but uh, again from Mark J. Spears, he said Bucks guard Kyle Korver told the undefeated he will talk to his family before deciding on his NBA future. So that probably means retirement. Maybe. It doesn't really hit me the same. But um, I, Marv, I think, was closer to being a very useful player uh, in crunch time situations. But still, that would be, that would be sad, too. I mean, Korver... Came in here and, and did what we all thought he was going to do. and Half player, half shooting coach. Oh, the Bucks roster kind of got a little younger by default, I suppose. Yep. Wow. Well, that's something. Um, uh, we are in the offseason, I guess. The Bucks are. Some teams aren't. Dang. The, uh, this is just ah, this is just hitting me. Uh, yeah. I don't like um, it, Ty. I don't like it. You know, I, I don't love it either. I really do not. Um, I just, I mean, the Bucks counted on some of these guys, and it, they, of course they're totally within their rights and everything to retire. It's, you know, the season's over. Um, it's not like either of them had. I mean, Corver doesn't really know, but no one had a retirement tour. They didn't take any focus away from them. But it's still, I mean, the Bucks, especially Williams, is someone the Bucks counted on, just like you and I, Rohan, count on restaurants, and now they're counting on us and you, listener. And while their dining rooms may sometimes be closed, they're all still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. They are losing money right now, folks, because Bucks fans cannot be in some of them, drowning their sorrows. So help them out with DoorDash. Just open the app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get five bucks off and zero delivery fees on their first order of fifteen dollars or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BlueWire. That's five dollars off and zero delivery fees on that first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code blue wire don't forget that's promo code blue wire for five dollars off your first order with doordash and this this ad becomes more relevant by the day for bucks fans sunday sunday sundays are coming back in the nfl this week and with nfl sunday ticket.tv you can stream every live out of market nfl game every sunday afternoon on your favorite devices plus red zone and direct tv fantasy zone channels mean you will never miss your favorite teams and favorite players now with the Bucks out of the picture, it's the perfect time to sign up 
No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get $15 off your subscription. Just go and visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Okay, we're post-ad reads. Does anybody else retire? Uh, not the not that I've seen so far. Are you still here? Are you, have you have you I made a decision? Have you talked I've, to your I'm family? St- I'm still gonna be here. I'm okay. As you said earlier, we're gonna keep doing this content throughout this off season. Oh God, that just feels gross to say. Uh, but yeah, we we're just gonna have a flurry of um, quotes coming in because Bucks are doing media rounds. So do you have one here? Um, I mean, we we got Mike Budenholzer choked up talking about uh, the Bucks protest after the elimination loss to the Heat. This is from Ben Golliver. What the team stands for, the character, the humanity to stand and be on the right side of history. That was emotional. It's such a great group. That's what Fair. we've gotten so far. Fair. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try and duck on that. I mean, it's. I'm sure there'll be others that we'll have. That's that's a that's a fair statement. That's the I, I fact checked it, found it to be true. Um, what else? What else? Game wise, uh, do you think we should touch on? I, I think. I think pretty much everyone wasn't good enough. Um, I guess bright side, we could focus on your guy Dante, or I don't know. Where do you want to go? Um, I think we can talk Dante a little if it, we're going a little optimistic for the future. <laughs> the young core, as I've said, yep, he's he, it. He the young the, core did yep, well. That's him. <laughs> <laughs> oh brother! <laughs> oh God! Please, Yada, stay. <laughs> so Dante, though, yeah. So he plays just five seconds under 28 minutes. He's five of nine from the field, three of six from three. He was just making, he was just making big boy plays as he, as he does like, you know, pre hiatus when he actually had, you know, a decent uh, role in the rotation and like, wasn't just an absolute tire fire uh, in the seeding games and uh, first round of the playoffs. And I guess first three games of this series too. Uh, so he had a decent game, four rebounds, one assist, two turnovers, one steal. Uh, he did end up fouling out of this game. I don't even remember that happening, but he had six fouls to total 17 points. It just, it was a solid game from him overall. Like you said, he might have been the best buck on the floor. He just seemed to be making like those those winning plays that you need consistently from really good players, not just like, you know, role players. So... I don't know. It's kind of like a, it's like a, do you need Don, if you need Dante to be making these plays, you're really in a tough situation or, oh man, Dante is already doing this. You could look at it two ways. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't think they should have needed him as much as they did. Um, a little surprised he got the starting spot again. I really thought Marvin Williams was going to slide in there, but um, I think they he did well really, with the they really wanted to go small. I think because they realized that that was the way they needed to beat um, beat Miami is by attacking switches uh, when you're going small. Like they were just hunting Dragic at the beginning of this game, at least in the first half. They were just hunting him as they continued their um, attack from uh, game four uh, in the second half where they were just hunting him on every single possible switch. They started doing that again. So I think them going small really helps with that. So they were starting uh, Bledsoe. Uh, Dante, Wes, Chris, and Brooke. So you're just going super small there to try to maximize your uh, effectiveness against this Miami defense. Just I want to point out, they started going after Dragic in the second half of game four. That's how long it took to figure that one out. Just an observation. 
Yep. Um, but Dante, mm-hmm. Dante played well. Yeah. Are you tweeting during the pod? Sort of. Sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw that. That's very funny. I had to give uh, Marvin Williams his flowers. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I was, um, yeah, just, yeah, that's, I don't know. That's still hitting me. That's really sad. Like, this guy came to Milwaukee to win a championship to try to bow out his career, and they didn't do it. He said, this stinks. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I'm, I'm not good. doing this again. I'm good. This stinks. It's not Boys worth it. Him retire, man. Um, great factoid from Kevin Chenard at KL Chenard here. Former, former Bucks blog MVP. Eric Bledsoe finds himself in rare company oh, folks. 231 NF- NBA players, excuse me, I have NFL Sunday ticket on the brain. 231 NBA players have attempted 130 plus playoff threes. The bottom three by percentage. Charles Barkley, Eric Bledsoe, Magic Johnson. Maybe we should rethink our Bled commentary. I mean, this guy's an elite company. This guy is up there with the greats. Or down there. Barkley and Magic. Oh my god! That's all. That's my reaction. That's my analysis. So I, I think let's do a gut check. Uh, we agreed Bud had to go after game two or three, whatever. Yeah, it was. he still has to go. Okay, I I, I figured that throw it to you just in case. I didn't, maybe you saw. I don't know what there is to see. Maybe you saw something. No, they got to do uh, it right now so they can you know get in on the the tie lose. Tyloo is still out there, man. Yeah. I think, you know, my this is my conspiracy theory. He saw, like, the, the report that he was uh, talking with the 76ers came out during this series, right? Uh, th- yeah, I think it was, like, early. Like, after game one, I want to say. Okay, so he saw that, oh, maybe there's a chance that the Bucks fire Budenholzer. Let me let me lurk around Ooh, here. Oh, you know that's the first, that's one of the rare nuggets of optimism we're going to have on this podcast. I'm here for it. I yeah. like that theory. Billy Donovan seems like kind of a wash with Budenholzer. Yeah, I would not want Billy. I, I watched some of that Thunder Rockets series, and Steven Adams is like hobbling around, unable to do anything against that super small Houston team, and he just kept being out there. So I'm good. That that was. It felt way too similar. Maybe a little less inept, but way too similar to what we got this series, and I don't think I'd feel much better. I want Ty Lue. If not Ty Lue, find somebody who, like, we don't really know much about but seems really promising. Yeah, it's just you can't go with, like, a proven commodity because you, you did that and it didn't work. You unless gotta they're, go like, with, unless you gotta they're go legit proven champions. Yeah, that's fair. But, like, think about it. Who are the last three coaches to win a championship? Uh, Nick Nurse, uh, Steve Kerr, and Ty Lue. They yeah. came from out of nowhere. This was their, like... Uh, I think all three of them were first-time head coaches. No, Ty Lue wasn't. So. Or was Ty Lue? That, yeah, it was I, his first time being a head coach, right? I thought it was. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, three first-time head coaches are the last three coaches to win a title. So you got to do it that way, I guess. Great, great point there. I would still take Ty Lue if he was available, um, but that is a good point. No, I'm just like obviously yes. I would take Ty Lue if he was available. Fantastic coach. I'm just saying like if you can't get him, you gotta go with like an up and comer. You gotta go with someone who can bring a different voice because just you can't go with the Mike Budenholzers of the world. Evidently, you can't go with the proven Spurs assistant that's been doing this because 
that's what Mike Budenholzer is. He's the prototypical, he's the best case scenario for a Spurs assistant at this point, isn't he? Um, uh, probably. Like a coach of the year who came from the pop tree. Like that's that's really that's the best case scenario for any Spurs assistant. I believe so. And it's so. just it's not enough to get the job done. No. No, it's not. And uh I mean there's like pop, there was pop to the net smoke before that blew up. Honestly, wouldn't really be all that interested in Pop. This might be a hot take. I don't think he's been very good the last few years. I think, I mean, we saw him with a couple bucks in Team USA, and he was awful. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, it's Ty Lue or somebody like like, like you said. Maybe Darvin Ham. Honestly, give Darvin Ham an interview. Maybe maybe Darvin Ham. Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn, maybe, too. I mean, he had a little bit with the Magic, and it wasn't great, but it's the Magic. Um yeah, I don't know. Somebody somebody who hasn't coached like 200 mediocre games. Like if like Steve Clifford gets let go, please God. Like not Steve Clifford. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't mm-hmm. want that. Yeah, not, not just and like no someone one, who no just one bounces who's a broadcaster around. Who's right now? I don't want that either. Oh God, no. Who would it be? Mark Jackson, the Van Gundys? Like no, thank you. Stan Van Gundy is like the, I've seen some positive thought toward that, but I'm just I'm good. He's so good on podcasts. Let him do that, man. Yeah, no, Stan Van Gundy, he's been killing it on like on broadcasts, on social media. He's been fantastic. Yeah. And is. honestly, um, he was never really a bad coach. It was just when he had to meld the front office responsibilities with the coaching is when it really got bad. I can't believe I'm would, talking myself into Stan Van Gundy right now. He would be okay. He would he would probably be okay. He's certainly the best out of all the like broadcasters who might be a coach. Like he's I, th- I think he'd be solid. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that hire, and we'd get really good content. But I would prefer Ty Lue or, like I said, an assistant who just like knocks everybody's socks off. Yeah, and, so and I think no, go ahead. Uh, maybe like a Kenny Atkinson or something. Maybe eh, I don't know. Yeah, you just gotta you gotta wait till they take the plane home, so it's not super awkward, and then just fire Bud. Yeah, I, I think that's what I really want to see. Um. You know, if I've they don't some... do it soon, I'm going to be disappointed. If Ty Lue is off the board, I'm going to be livid on this podcast. Well, that's what I want to bring up. I mean, there's a chance they don't do it. It seems impossible. <laughs> I, I think it's it's not impossible. I mean, I've seen some folks with varying levels of insight kind of say anything from I don't think they will to they might, they might not. I, I don't know. Uh, I think a lot of it, honestly, will unfairly come down to what Giannis thinks and says. Oh, that too. That too. I mean, he's owed quite a bit of money still. Um, but, like, I mean, if Giannis firmly said, like, we need somebody else, and I think they'll get somebody else, I don't know if he's the kind of guy to do that. He has been very snippy, it seems like, about Bud and, and some of these press conferences, but Giannis is also intensely loyal. So it's interesting. I, I don't. I don't know. We'll see what the front office and, and ownership decides on. Um, you know, it, it, do, it would cost a lot of money to release him. They have furloughed some staff for the last several months now as a cost-cutting measure in these, you know, complicated economic times. I'm not justifying that decision. The Bucks make a lot of money because of players like Giannis. I, I personally am not reacting favorably to this furloughing. Which is never uh, a good idea. Kept Never a good idea, which has been kept very quiet. Um, but I can confirm that that happened. Um, but it's just something to think about. I don't know if it says definitively anything either way. But the Bucks, like most big corporations, which is basically what they are at the end of the day, 
don't enjoy spending money when they don't have to. But personally, I would hope that it's just beyond obvious that Budenholzer is not tenable as a as a coach if you want to win a championship. We will see. We will see what happens. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, to you personally, Rohan, and everyone listening who already has the Firebud uh, profile pick, I feel like brace that made yourself it sound like for I the had possibility. Firebud fire profile pick. Oh, sorry. You don't. Yet. Um. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, never went, I never went full like uh, profile pick change, though, for the Fire Kid. I feel like you've had the same pick for a while. I, I, think I have. You like how I'm, it looks. I don't I, blame you. It's a good pick. Thank you. Uh, I've had some people in my life constantly, uh, cough, cough, girlfriend, um, just constantly <laughs> berate me about how I need to change it. Uh, but <laughs> I don't think she's looking for the fire bud. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think that's the vibe she's looking for. <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks vibe check. Not good. I'm taking your job on that one. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, I I don't think I'm going to go full profile uh, pick change, but yeah, it's just, it's like you said, it's untenable. I think it's untenable at this point, honestly. Like, you, you've tried, you've failed twice. You have no room for error here. You got to do it. You got to do it. Literally, there is, this is the most important offseason in Milwaukee Bucks franchise history, and that's not an understatement. You have literally the franchise to decide this offseason. You can either make a dynasty or you can make a team that's threatened to be relocated every year that's the decision that you're making this offseason those are that that is really what it comes down to you have to make decisions that either make yourself a dynasty or just get ready to burn the whole thing to the ground and i think i know what they want but are they willing to do it that's the question Mm, could not say it any better great 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 way to put that rohan um Tremendous, really. Yeah, I, I really, I really hope. I really hope they don't run it. I mean, I've, I've said this many times. I've made it very clear on Twitter, other places. It just like the next season just would not feel enjoyable because there's just there's no way you can possibly talk yourself into this guy not being this guy in the playoffs as a head coach. Unless there's has major been. personnel changes. I would still, I'd still be concerned all along. I, think, I mean, yeah, me too. But it's like, that's the only way you might, you might have like, okay, I guess maybe we could do this, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I would feel better about mostly the same personnel and a different coach than I would about the same coach and mostly different personnel, I think, unless they like pulled off something absolutely outrageous, which again, we'll, we'll cover all the bases, but I guess I want to, you know, I want to do something fun here. Okay, let's do it. Maybe like it's fun. not that fun. Maybe it's not that fun. We'll see. It, it, it in can't theory, be it's better a fun than idea. thinking about the Bucks being out. It's fair. So let's assume, let, let's play, like, imagine, you know how you get, like, a team gets an amount of players they can protect in an expansion draft? Yes. Let's imagine that, I don't know why I'm couching it as this, but I guess it makes sense in my head. Let's say you can pick four bucks besides Giannis that you get to keep for next season. around, And even if they're like becoming free agents, whatever, like you can find ways to keep them. Everybody else, you're either okay with moving or actively want to move. What is your list of four that you really want to keep? I think it's harder than it seems. It is. It really is. We could probably walk through the first one together. Okay. Is it Chris? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Although, my... 
you know, the right. I, I'm, I'm not saying untouchable anymore. Yeah, I'm not but saying. But he would be on no, my list. No one of, is untouchable besides Giannis. Correct. Okay, so we've established these aren't untouchable. These are like preference. If you could build without, like these are the guys that you think you you want to see on the team. It's not. Yeah. It's not you need to, but you want to. Yes. Okay. So Chris. Yep. Dante. I think so. You know, I think so. Brooke. Oh you know, no! You know, probably. Okay. So, cool. did you see my the office inspired meme? Oh, I didn't. Did I miss this? I'm gonna look it yeah, up. Yeah, I photoshopped Giannis's face on a Devin, the guy who got fired in the Halloween episode, and said Giannis on the way out of the arena tonight. Wes, Dante, Chris, Marv, the Lopez with short hair. <laughs> if any of you want to meet me for a drink, I'm going to be at the yacht club, and the rest <laughs> of you can go to hell. So I guess I mean I, I might have left Brooke out, but Marv. Went ahead and retired, so he's in he's in my four now. So that that's my four, but I kind of ruined mine. But go on, you're three deep. You've got one left. I want to pick Marv too, but he retired. Okay, yeah, he's oh, gone. West Matthews. Said peace. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, and I I don't think I've said this on pods. Stop me if I have. But if I'm just, let's let's pretend we're John Horse and we have the same four. So that that's good for for us. Um, and and maybe this maybe our four is influenced by. Those were four of the five guys who it felt like really showed up to this game. But regardless, I think that'd be my four anyway. But if I'm John Horst, and I'd love for you to play this game too, my first two things I'm doing. One, thanks for the two years and the coach of the year and, and getting us to be good but not great, Mike Budenholzer. See ya. Two, sit down with whoever. the And like this part of number one is like hiring the new coach. So hopefully Ty Lue, but whoever it is. But either if it's a long hiring process, I guess, kind of during it. Otherwise, if I'm John Horst, play, we're playing this game now. Ooh. I sit I sit down with new coach X, hopefully new coach T-Y-L-U-E, and Wes Matthews. And I say, listen, Wes, if the player option isn't enough for you or if you want another and one with a player option or even if you need like our MLE or one of our exceptions or something, we're going to use you this year. We're not going to play you 24 minutes in a deciding playoff game. We're not going to get you three shots a night. We think you're a valuable contributor, a truly terrific three and D player. You're a great culture fit. We want to keep you. And I'm serious. I think it's that much of a priority. I mean, you have a lot of other stuff to figure out, but if I'm the bucks, I want Wes around. Cause I think one of the few role players who I felt like was really ready for that action all year and even if his threes weren't always falling, I really do think more volume would help to solve that. He is a guy I want to stick around. So those I would honestly be two of my did, first priorities. I did see a tweet uh, earlier, like right after the game ended. Uh, I can't remember from where. I'm trying to find it right now. Uh, but it was something about Wes saying we got to be better next year. All right, that's good. Good start. You know, so like I'll take that. That makes it seem like hey you know maybe he's uh maybe he's gonna be sticking around it it is a player option right yeah 2.2.7 mil player option which is a complete bar i mean this year was too but a complete bargain for someone that good it's no it's the min it's the minimum (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah hopefully he can stick around i think he wants to stick around i think he fits this team i think he i think this team really needs guys like wes matthews um you can't get enough you can't get enough of these type of guys like a tough guy plays defense smart defender uh can hit threes can do some things on offense like he was driving a lot this game it's like okay cool where was that 
You know, he drew as many free throws as Chris Middleton in this game, man. I think he's just a useful player. I just think he's a good player. I, I that's mean, where I'm at. I've said that he shouldn't post up, but that doesn't mean don't get to the rim. Yeah, no, he 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 needs to do that more. I think some of that. I, I don't know. I, I think there can be a restrictive. I think let it fly can be bad because the Bucks will just like waste possessions, which I think we saw this entire run. And I think also it can be a little bit restrictive of letting guys like I mean, look at Chris last year. I mean, Chris is better than Wes, but. Chris was like unable to comfortably play his mid-range game because it wasn't part of the let it fly mantra. So I, I don't know. I think I think a new system could help a, a lot of guys a lot. Yeah, it's just the amount of times that the Bucks took a pull-up jumper like five seconds into the shot clock. I was literally screaming at my TV, just like, "What on earth are you doing?" Yeah, they, they didn't value possessions. I don't think they took anything seriously enough in the bubble. Um, like way too sloppy with the ball. Some really dumb boneheaded possessions, not funneling possessions through their best players. Like it, it just felt like a lot of the time Miami, it, like every possession was a certain intensity. The Bucks didn't always have that, so I think that's honestly one of the more damning Budenholzer things for me from this run. Let's sprinkle in some optimism. Rachel Nichols, this is Ooh. like shocking. Rachel Nichols content that Bucks fans cannot even believe. Giannis using a lot of words here that should be encouraging for Bucks fans. Hopefully we can learn from this and get better as a team. Come back and hopefully build a culture in Milwaukee for many years that we can come out here and compete every single year for a championship. You know what? I'll take that. That's a win. That's a win from today. I will take that. I will too. I will too take that. It's the bar. We've talked about how low bars get. The bar is pretty dang low right now. That's good to read. I think you know everybody what? This says is that. A, this is a weird but... season. You know, like the Lakers are tied with the Rockets. Uh, they're currently losing to the Rockets in game three, uh, given it's not even halftime. But, you know, the Lakers could go out. The Bucks went out. It's just if the Lakers go out, then this season is officially considered a wash and it's a weird <laughs> season. So I'm just I never thought I'd root for the Houston Rockets. Oh. But I'm rooting for the Houston Rockets here because if the Lakers lose, then this season is officially weird. And that means, oh, man, the Bucks can just run it back. And with Giannis, Giannis is going to sign a Supermax and then we're going to be all good and it's all going to be good. Giannis, please stay. I love you, man. Um, yeah. I don't like the words run it back. But Giannis coming back. If that's just running back. Yes, shit, yes, but yes. Completely. That's what it means. That, the, the Giannis uh, running back to uh, Milwaukee. I'm going to send a memo to the Blue Wire League office about you saying you're cheering for Houston. And any, no, I'm just kidding. Houston is <laughs> Houston is like the plucky underdog in this series. I totally get it. Um, but Bucks-wise, though, yeah, it's not good. I think what you have to do now is just look at – I mean, this is – in a lot of ways, it's an opportunity. I mean, I think now the Bucks have full you know, justification for making some truly dramatic moves. And I think the worst thing you can do is stand pat. You have the one yeah. first and two seconds from Indiana. You have only one, after this draft, only one outgoing first in 2022 to the Cleveland Cavaliers. But the protections make it a little tricky to trade picks. But so you can trade some of your own first, a lot of your own seconds. You got a lot of players who, you know, haven't performed, but hopefully you can sell some sort of team on uh, giving you something for it. But this is, you know, John Horst, come come earn that executive of the year accolade. You got a couple years come ago. Come earn that league low salary. Yeah, I was going to say, I was, I was come I earn remember that bag that. of Doritos that you get paid every year. <laughs> <laughs> come get yourself a raise by doing so well this offseason, John Horst. You have tremendous 
uh, I say bag of Doritos like he doesn't make like over half a million a year. But is that all he really makes? He make he doesn't make that much. I mean, I, th- I thought it was like two mil per year. I didn't know. Oh no, he makes less than a mil. Oh uh, goodness, mm. I'm pretty that sure. Bucks, come on, man. I think he's been good. He's been good. But if he if he uh, listen if he gets them another superstar, especially if they, even if it's just a star, not a superstar, but they get to keep Chris Middleton, I think those are my two scenarios I want to see player wise. I don't know who exactly yet outside of Chris Paul, who seems very very available. Um, but I think Chris Paul, I put it in the star camp. So he's probably the best player I would want to pair with Chris and Giannis. But if you can get someone truly better than that, then I, I would be okay with even moving Chris. Who everyone knows how much I love Chris. But if that player is available for that price, I think you have to do it and give it a shot. But th- those are those are the two options I want to see. They'll find someone else to pair with Chris as some somewhat co co stars, co co stars. Or somehow find a player even better. I don't know if that's going to be possible, though. Yeah. Okay, just to clarify, John Horst is in the final year of his initial contract. He signed a three-year contract extension before the season, like in June of last year. Okay. Uh, But he is currently making 500k a year. (laughs) Oh, man. It's like lower than vet men for most guys. It's like a fifth of Wes Matthews. But. John Horst takes out Marvin Williams to dinner to talk about, you know, joining him as a buyout. And Marv's like, no, 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 I got this. Please, <laughs> please. That's nuts. Um, no wonder that Woj and others have brought that up. I mean, that's that's a wild number for, for what he does. What does Bud make, like $8 million? Um, I six, d- six. $6 million, I think. Uh, let's see here. He makes... Between- he, uh, no, wait, that's his... Uh... No, I don't want to know how much he makes with the, with the Hawks. Uh, I thought you were say like a sponsorship at first. I was like, there's no way he has a lucrative endorsement deal. <laughs> I, uh, it doesn't say. I can't find it right away. I'm looking not going to waste now, time. That's crazy. He wow, makes um, he makes a couple he makes a couple mil a year. Also, I just yeah. learned that his middle name is Vincent. I don't know why that's relevant, but here we are. <laughs> Uh, okay uh i guess we're talking major change i I brought this up before we started recording the first like it was it was just funny to me that the first report to come out uh out of this um after milwaukee you know gets you know eliminated from the postseason the first report not about Giannis, not about Giannis. it's from mark's the great mark stein mark stein i feel is really underappreciated in nba discourse i agree with that Great, just solid. He's he's fantastic. Um, is that um, there are rival teams that believe Milwaukee will explore trading for Chris Paul, complicated as that would be financially, if Oklahoma City indeed makes CP3 available via trade. One more thing to keep track of as the Bucks enter perhaps the most crucial offseason in team history. So yeah, I think it's I think it bodes well for Milwaukee that the first report coming out is that oh yeah they're looking to load up yeah you know like i think this team i I guess it's rival executives so it's not even like from the bucks or anything but i don't know it just it gives me a little bit of confidence i think i think milwaukee may be realizing that they do need to like they need to swing they need to swing this offseason that is that is positive if i'm the bucks i almost feel like you don't want to get too cute and lose out, but I almost would look at CP3 as plan B 
kind of like get the negotiations going with OKC, but also kind of explore what else is out there too. I mean, who but else would be out there? I have no no idea, but who that's else, why who you make some out calls. There that, you know, makes Milwaukee better. I guess no one saw it. Paul George going to the Clippers. Yeah. It would be, I will, it'd be I nice will to be honest in some tampering. I, yes, I will be for, I tweeted this out like months before uh, Bill Simmons brought it up on his podcast about how I think, I think that the NBA and Adam Silver, they actually imposed a tampering punishment on Paul George and made him sign an extension in OKC for at least one year. That's why he didn't even take an interview or not an interview. Yeah. Like a meeting with the Lakers in free agency. That's just, that's been my long running conspiracy theory. No one paid attention to it, but maybe it's true. I could see it. I could. That was such a win. It felt like for small markets everywhere when they got him, and now, now he is in L.A. with Kawhi Leonard. Crazy how fast stuff goes in the NBA. It really is, uh, including the Bucks, which hopefully, hopefully, Giannis doesn't go that fast. But hey, you said um, years to come, Ty. I'll take that. Years to come, competing for a championship every every single, single year. year. That was cute. Uh, Sounds good to me. That was cute. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but this game, I guess this is technically a post-game five podcast. This is this is just us trying to process things, I think. Yeah, that's right? also true. That's also true. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else in particular to talk about from this game. Not yeah. Really. I think we I pretty much nailed everyone who really played. Um, I wanted to see some, I wanted to see some uh, Haslam minutes in this series, just for fun. <laughs> Shout out to Kais. When's the last time he actually played? Uh, he played in the final seeding game, I think. Did he really? I'm going to look it I up. I want to look up Udonis. Uh, people don't remember. He's still in the league. Played whopping four games this year. He he played in the last game against... Uh, no, not the last game. He played... Oh, he played in a seeding game against Indy. Oh, the seeding game. I, you meant, yeah. I was like, they did not play him in the playoffs, did they? In the last three seasons, Haslam, this year, 44 minutes. The year before, 74. The year before, 72. That's like 24 three... of those minutes came in the last his last game time. <laughs> He's like 44 minutes this year. That's like two games of a star player coached by Mike Budenholzer all year. <laughs> oh, man. Just one final dagger. This There'll is probably the last time we have to talk about a Mike Budenholzer coach Milwaukee Bucks game. You know, I sure hope Can so. we get someone normal? Please. <laughs> Please. I don't know. Like, would it... The first we have Jason Kidd just being an absolute trash heap out there. Just yeah. doing everything wrong. And then we have this guy who just sticks by his beliefs too much. Like, can we just have a coach that we don't have to complain about? That's all I want. I would love an aggressively fine, not, like, Frank Vogel, honestly. Well, I guess, I mean, people are on him about Rondo and JaVale. That's not really on him. He doesn't have many options. Caruso. I, whatever. I, that'd be better. That'd certainly be better. Like, honestly, like, a coach just, like, playing a guy we kind of hate would be a lot better if, like, everything else was pretty good. I think no, I could like do. Frank Vogel's been not. doing a fantastic job. Yeah, Doc Rivers. Oh my God, that'd be the dream, wouldn't it? That'd be good. I don't think he's like great, but he's very fine. He's a good that leader. It seems. Like, yeah, which is yeah, what this is. team really needs. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I would just, yeah, I would love. Can just they like, trade uh, for Spolstra somehow? Can they just like? I don't think Miami's <laughs> giving him up now. Can they just like give Miami like, I don't know, give Pat Riley like a new yacht or something? The Fawn statue. Yeah, maybe. Honestly, I'd be willing to make that trade. I think the city of Milwaukee would be willing to make that trade. We'd probably put up a Spo statue to replace it if if he came here and did did that well. Yeah, that would be good. I, I think it reminds me of the old, was that Chris Maddox who said, you know, Paul, would you rather have any player in the NBA or Brad Stevens? I think I'm leaning Stevens. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Do you remember uh, this? Yeah, and Bontemps too. Oh, Christ, that's like, oh. Yeah, he, it, so he was in relation to that Maddox thing, and uh, Bontemps was like, I had it in my uh, my celebratory uh, receipts video after the Celtics win last year. Uh, series win. Oh, you did you? Nice. Yeah, it was like uh, uh, Bontem said he got asked on a radio show, who would you rather have, Giannis or Brad Stevens? He is like, Brad Stevens. I said Giannis, but man, Brad Stevens really made me think. Oh my God. He's that good. That's what he said. Oh, well, at least he didn't say it, but that's still pretty bad. Did you Did you start to make a receipts video for this series or absolutely not? Absolutely not. <laughs> That would have been so uh, depressing. Uh, I only started making that receipts video after like game four. Okay, so you 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 pretty much knew where we were. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I did collect some though, but I didn't really. There weren't that many this this year because most people were picking. I guess I don't know. It was just I was scared. I think I wasn't confident in the series at all, so I didn't really think about it. Think about making it. I knew this was like a legitimately real possible outcome. Man, I got this is a bad one. I'm never gonna delete it, but Matt Moore before the series tweeted uh he does the the betting stuff now at the Action Network and he tweeted Miami in six and I think I quote tweeted it and said, Congrats to whatever book gets Matt's money next week. Oh no. And after game one I replied to him at one point and I was like Go ahead and roast me for that sports book. <laughs> you, you got me. I haven't even heard that much. Honestly, I will say the Heat people not that bad. I have not gotten much. I went on Five Reasons Sports Networks, Five on the Floor podcast, and was confident the Bucks would win and everything else. And I didn't get a lot. I, I will say I think the Heat. They're people not are as bad good. as like Celtics, Raptors, Sixers fans. For sure, the best outcome out of those groups. Oh, I, for I think sure. The Heat people, for sure. Heat, the Heat people, people are nice. Are just, Honestly, just respect to them. They're just like they're just so happy with like the heat that I don't think they take the time to slander. Like they're like they're so Miami. They're just like they're having a great time in Heat Twitter, and that's what they're focused on. They're not like let me go remind you what you said eight weeks ago. They're just like yeah, we like the Heat. The Heat are really good. <laughs> the Heat are probably gonna find another superstar. This is great. I envy that a lot. Good for them. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, I will say respect to them as well from me. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, congrats, congrats to the Miami Heat reaching the conference finals for the first time since 2014. Um, yeah, they played a great series. Jimmy and Bam were great. Their role players, Dragic was great. Um, Hero, Hero, Hero oh. was fantastic. Robinson wasn't that great in the series. Um, but yeah, Tyler Hero was killer. Just, they, they outplayed the Bucks in every facet of the game. Yeah, they got a squad, and I'm seeing people picking against them. People are saying, "I think the Celtics." I don't think would they're. I don't easily. think they're going to beat. I don't think they're going to beat the winner of 
uh, Toronto, Boston. I don't think they're going to either. I think they might have a chance against Toronto. I don't think they're going to beat Boston. Actually, it's probably better. I can't I believe Boston's going to make the finals. I, they might. That's going to be. I, I, I just, my solace there is I know good people in Celtics Twitter, and I'm only thinking about how this is good for them. I'm ignoring the rest. But um, I'm not counting the heat out, though. I mean, we saw a lot from them this series, so I'm not I'm not counting them out. I think they deserve some credit. I'm not going to say they don't have a chance, but I do think somehow, depressingly, the Eastern Conference Finals will be harder for them than beating the Milwaukee Bucks, which is not where Why'd I thought we say would that, be. Ty? Not where I thought we would be, but that's where oh, we that are. Just, I was so ready to wrap this up on a semi-optimistic note. We don't no. deserve it. No. Yeah, that's fair. We don't. The Bucks suck. And they're out. They got eliminated in the second round. They did. But... In five games. Gentlemen swept out of the second round. Mm. I hadn't thought of the term gentlemen sweep until now. Yep. So, uh, on that note, uh, <laughs> everyone who's been tuning in, the run, like we've said a few times, the run is over, but our run of great podcasts is not. Uh, this is I, I will football now that football season's back. NFL Sunday Ticket TV promo code Blue Wire, folks. Uh, I will hand this off to Rohan. Yeah, it's just like you said. We were we're gonna continue giving giving the good content. We're gonna we're gonna do a lot of analysis on this team. We're gonna we're gonna turn this roster inside out. We're we're gonna have fun with this, aren't we, Ty? Yes. We're gonna it, treat this like a like a two K fantasy league. Miley. We might literally do we something. We might literally do that. We'll that's see. an idea. Um, but yeah, that's to come in the off-season edition of the Eurostep, which starts next episode. Wow. Oh, I guess it started this episode. It just keeps hitting. Yep. So if you liked our little therapeutic episode here uh, of the Eurostep, uh, thanks. <laughs> we have been getting a lot of great support lately. And we do really appreciate that. Every time we get like a nice tweet or something, about how someone's like just listening to the pod and like you know they enjoy it. it it warms my heart it warms ty's heart too we really appreciate that kind of feedback and if you guys are liking it make sure to like you know leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice tell all your family and friends and new acquaintances about the show share your bucks pain together safely socially distanced bucks pain together um and you know check out all of the content being put out across the entire blue wire podcast network like I said, we'll be back with you with off-season content, sad. Um, but, you know, before I let you go, I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't, for, don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. It's happening daily. 
We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 